Welcome back, everyone. This is The Changelog, and I'm your host, Adam Stachowiak. This is episode 155, and on today's show, I'm joined by Scott Hammond, the CEO of Joint, to talk about the future of Node.js. We talked about everything, the past, the present, the future, Node.js, IOJS, Node Foundation, the convergence, lots of history, lots of things going on there. Uh, we even had to come back and record more because the original part of this was recorded before IO. Uh, announced this week the IOTC announced joining Node Foundation so we had to come back and record even more to cover that piece as well and great show today so just when you think this show's over stick around for an extra 10 or 15 minutes for even more with me and Scott talking about the recent news of IO joining Node Foundation we have three awesome sponsors Codeship, Tatao and DigitalOcean our first sponsor is Codeship Codeship is a hosted continuous delivery service focusing on speed, security, and customizability. You can set up continuous integration in a matter of seconds and automatically deploy your code when your tests have passed. Codeship supports your GitHub and your Bitbucket projects, and you can get started with Codeship's free plan today. Should you decide to go with a premium plan, you can save 20% off any plan you choose for the next three months by using our code the changelog podcast again that code is the changelog podcast head to codeship.com slash the changelog to get started and now on to the show hey everyone adam here with scott hammond the ceo of joint for those who know joint has been the steward of node js for quite some time now so we're talking to scott today about the future of node Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, Adam. It's great to be here. Well, Scott, when you're in front of an audience like you are today, uh, just so you know, our audience is very nerd to the core, as my co-host Jared says. Uh, very hacker. Uh, they're the people who are forking, committing, contributing, leading, um, in many ways, the, the technology them itself and highly influencing the applications inside of companies uh, they get built with Node.js and technologies like it. So when you're in front of that kind of audience, how do you introduce yourself? Uh, great question. Um, so, you know, my, I mean, my sense of open source, I, I've, I've been at Joint for just a little under a year now. And, uh, you know, open source is, uh, it, it is the right model to go develop software now. So um, it's a great model for tapping into uh, the energy and passion that people have to go get involved with projects and contribute new ideas and uh, vet things in the public. And uh, so uh, I would maybe introduce myself as a, a huge advocate of the open source uh, model, uh, although I've only been at Joint now for probably nine or 10 months. Uh, one of the first things that I did was work with the team and work with our board to take our entire software portfolio and open source it. So um, although most people in the open source community probably know Joint for our role and our relationship with Node over the last five years, um, we are all in on open source and really see that as the model for developing software going forward. Yeah, I know that uh, I've heard that you're all in. So in what ways is Joint all in on open source? Like in, beyond the, the efforts and stewardship you've done of Node over the last five years, in what other ways are, are you breaking into open source? 
So we have uh, you know, the other part of our business. Well, you, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the history of Node and Joint, but uh, we started using Node. We met Ryan Dahl probably five years ago. Uh, people in Joint uh, started working with Ryan, loved, loved the Node project. And at that time, we were looking for a new technology platform to build out our next generation cloud management platform. And we looked at a lot of different technologies and Node was one that we just kept coming back to and really fell in love with and loved what Ryan was doing with it. And it turned out to be uh, the perfect platform for us, the perfect technology for us to go write our next generation cloud management platform in. So if you go to the joint public cloud, it's a infrastructure as a service uh, public cloud platform. It's, it's rolled out in data centers all around the world. Uh, that's all, everything you see there is written in Node. Um, we also uh, built a, uh, a big data store, an, an object management store called Manta. That is a converged compute and storage uh, solution that allows you to spin up your compute jobs in containers <clears throat> right on your object store, so you don't have to move your data all around. And that's written in Node as well. So those two uh, platforms were proprietary software. You could you know, use them, uh, sort of pay by the drink up in our public cloud. But we also took those and uh, uh, put distributed those on, on memory sticks so people could deploy them on-prem. So you could deploy um, a private cloud or you could deploy an object store on-prem uh, into in, in proprietary products, one called Smart Data Center, one called Manta. And uh, in November, I think it was November 4th, we open sourced both of those products and all the related tools that go with them. So um, you can now go to GitHub and download uh, those products and roll them up. And if you follow along those on Twitter, you'll see that a lot of people have done so. So um, we don't have anything that's closed source anymore. Everything that we, we, do, uh, we do in the market today is open source. So being all into open source now, the new efforts that you mentioned with, uh, with your public cloud, is that because of the the wins and strides of of your node stewardship and what's happened with the node community over the years of this past year? Is it because of that progress that's sort of led you into believing that open source is the way? Uh, certainly, Node was a great example, um, uh, but I think Node is is one example of many of uh, of how. The, how most software now, most system software now is being uh, built in an open source model. You look at all layers of the stack, whether it's the database layer, you look at the OS layer, you look at the PaaS layer, um, all of that is now being written and delivered in an open source model. And um, you, it, it's great to see you know, a couple of forces come together to support that model. One is uh, certainly the open source community you get to tap into uh, a broad set of individuals who who share your passion on a specific topic area, and you can uh, collaborate together, and they can contribute to the project in a lot of ways. They can contribute code, they can contribute ideas, uh, contribute use cases, contribute with evangelism. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot that can be done, and open source is a great development model that allows you to engage with a very energized community to help move the project forward. Um, so, so that's one vector on, on sort of developing software. The other is from the consumer perspective or the user perspective. Um, 
a lot of uh, a lot of people who are consuming technology are looking for an open source way. You have uh, certainly some people in the market. I think you know Martin Mikos has a pretty famous blog where he talked about cutting the market up into uh, organizations that will uh, will uh, always want to find a way to expend all energy to to consume software in a free model, and they'll never pay for anything but they will use the software, they want to use it, and they want to then contribute back. Um, and then you have other organizations that uh, will pay any amount of money to save time. And, uh, and those organizations tend to buy uh, enterprise licenses, they, they buy a lot of tooling around, services around. Um, so you have two different markets there, but both of them uh, benefit from an open source model where it's much easier for them to consume Technology and consume software, and then uh, in most cases they're not only consuming, but they're they are um, they're contributing back. So you see a big push on the side of the developing the software by sort of energizing that community, and then you see a lot of pull from the consumer side, the customers and users who who want an open source model. They either want a free version that they can then bring in and add on to, or they want an enterprise version that they can bring in and open in a sort of free version. And evaluate, and then when they start to deploy, they they, they want to uh, uh, buy the tooling and buy the enterprise grade uh, functionality or enterprise level functionality that comes along with you know with a you know a set of other tools and capabilities around it. So yeah. big push on both sides. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, on the commercial side, you have a lot of ways where companies can start to start to take part and uh, be a part of the community and and support the community not only financially but also with you know, paying developers to be a part of it. I know that uh, both Isaac Schluter and Ryan Dahl, big contributors to Node, and obviously the evolution to NPM with with where Ryan or uh, with where Isaac's at now. Um, that's all been because of companies like yours supporting those developers to be a part of it over those years, and you, you take that and you multiply it across other companies that have influences into Node and other ecosystems as well. This isn't a new thing, but it's definitely a trend across open source. Um, you know, one thing, one reason why I wanted to have this call with you is I the title that I'm at least the working title, uh, and you tell you tell me if you think this is a good title for it or not for this show is I wanted to talk to you about the future of Node.js. So I thought it'd be good to call it the future of Node.js with Scott Hammond. Um, sort of break down what the history of Node has been, where your placement, you personally as well as Joint, has been into Node's history, um, what your involvement it has been over these years, where it's. How it's shifting and changing, what you see, where it, where you see it's going, and I really want to hope. I really hope to to sort of pull out of this conversation a perspective for the community who cares about Node, and then subsequently IOJS uh, because of the fork most recently. Um, I hope to to sort of get a snapshot of Joyant's perspective and your feelings about where Node is going, and uh, your participation in making that happen and and letting go in areas where you need to and supporting other other areas. Do you think that's fair to, to say that's the what this conversation be, should be about? Yeah, I think that's great. And the, the timing is perfect. Um, this is uh, a big transition period for Node. Uh, and you know, a lot of questions out there. Uh, but we have uh, you know some pretty good answers that we're forming with the help of the community and a lot of help from the community uh, around the direction, the future of Node. So uh, it's the, the topic is perfect. So what do you know then about the history and only only just to mention it, not so much to go deep into it, but the history of how Ryan and how things got started with Node and then Joyant's support of that and then the ultimate stewardship of that 
and then even some of the copyright parts of that. What do you know about Julian's history in Node's history? You know, I know a decent amount, but I wasn't here firsthand, so I have secondhand reports in a fair right. amount of detail. But um, you know, as I said, about five years ago, we started working with Ryan and uh, believed in Ryan and believed in his vision around Node and, and loved what he was doing around this uh, real low latency platform. So, um, so when we started using it and building out our products internally using Node, uh, we decided that uh, we we really wanted to sponsor uh, Ryan and sponsor his vision. So uh, we hired Ryan and uh, we 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 provided a lot of funding, a lot of resources, a lot of additional headcount and resources to to uh, invest in him and his vision on where he wanted to to take Node and um, that that really began the chapter of Joyant as the steward of the project and. And really, you know, let let him go uh, drive the direction of of Node and provide you know, support and resources and technology to help him go go drive that. Uh, so. Do you think it's do you think it's safe to say or fair to say on your part what you know with the history? You think um, do you think Node would be where it's at today without that event, without joint support? Uh, you know, hard to say because I wasn't here, um, but I would say there was a good intersection there that. Uh, we bought in, you know, we believed, we bought in and we, we believed in Ryan's vision. And I think our sponsorship and the funding and resourcing that we provided uh, really was a good uh, assist for Ryan. You know, if we weren't here, maybe he would have, I mean, the project was great. So maybe he would have found uh, another uh, organization to provide the resources that we provided. Yeah, th that could be, um, Hard to tell, but certainly we, I know that we did play a big role in uh, in helping him uh, get established and helping the project get built out and really get lift off. So I I'd like to say we we played a good uh, a very positive part in that. Uh, we we feel really good about our contribution there in in support of Ryan and getting that project going. So you took the CEO role. Well, you were I guess you didn't take it. You were invited to take it, right? And then you said, Yeah, I'll take it. Sure, why not? Uh, at Joyant. So last year, June 2014, almost a year ago, just, just shy of a year, you took over the CEO role at Joyant. Um, what's been, you know, at what point were you exposed to Node? What, what, at what point were you exposed to what Node meant to Joyant? And then at what point were you thinking about the stewardship, the direction? And at what point did you sort of deal with, I guess, the uh, let's start there. We'll, we'll kind of cover some other things after that. Well, I'd say b before I came to Joyant, I was well aware of the the popularity and the success of Node uh, in the user base. Um, yeah, the organizations and individuals who are who are using Node love it, and they love to talk about it, and they're having huge success. So, um, so I, I was well aware of that. Um, what I was not quite aware of was some of the challenges that Node was facing and sort of had been facing for you know, really ever since Ryan uh, moved off the project. So um, that I I had a, a pretty a pretty fast ramp on uh, you know once I got to Joint and really uh, dove in to see what was going on. So some would say, well, I don't know if it would be some, I think it would pretty much majority, but Ryan stepping away was mainly because of burnout. And that happens a lot. We've talked about burnout, uh, you know, as you go back and listen to the history of this show and maybe pick some, um, Capistrano re reminds me uh, of some burnout. We talked about that with, um, I think it was 
Lee Hambly uh, was on that show there. But, um, you know, now with Node being more popular, it's spread across more people. It's, you know, it's sort of taken this new life. So it's less likely to be for people to be burnt out. But, you know, I have conversations with like Michael Rogers or others in the community. I can just see them like I can feel their pain with how much effort they're putting in towards um, the fork of Node, which is IOJS. And then ultimately the reconciliation, this Node Foundation. So I want to get into some of that um, here in a bit. You came on board in June. At one point, did IO fork Node and become that was about nine months ago, right? No, uh, no, IO Fedora forked right at Thanksgiving time, so end of end of November. Okay, so we're about yeah, six months ago. Yeah, okay, got six months ago. So that was was that a surprise to you? Um, I did think you it care? was a surprise to everybody. Uh, so yeah. Why do you think it was a surprise? So when I, uh, when I, when I first came to join and first started to get steeped in, into what was going on with node, I, I spent a lot of time talking to everybody I could in, in the community, it, big customers, small customers, uh, the, the vendor, the, the node specific vendors, uh, developers, there were uh, people, uh, who were starting to push this agenda around, uh, a node forward organization, which were some, you know, early discussions around a different governance model for node. Um, really spent some time with them and said, all right, there, there is some strife in the community, uh, I, I think the best thing to do is let's get everybody together. Let's get a group of people together who can broadly represent uh, the different constituents, uh, the, the users, the developers, uh, the vendors, uh, other contributors, other open source people. And so I started the, the Node Advisory Board and got that group together. And we, you know, we've been meeting once a week or every other week ever since probably the middle of October. And it seemed like uh, at the time... Uh, everybody was was very much uh, opposed to a fork. That uh, they were concerned that a fork would create a lot of disruption in the market. It would create a lot of risk in the in the eyes of the users. Uh, it would fracture the community. That there would really not be any good come from it. So that seemed to be a fairly unanimous uh, you know opinion. So um, when the fork did happen, uh, I think everybody seemed to be surprised and we had an advisory board meeting right after that and everybody certainly was surprised. Um, so I, it seemed at that time that we were on a path to work through, to work through a, a whole set of, uh, items together, uh, that were going to, uh, really uh, understand what the, where the issues were and then go address them, go make the right changes. Um, yeah, as I said, I came in fairly, uh, fairly late in the Node game after you know Node, Node has been out for about five years. So I, I, I had a set of uh, fresh eyes to bring to the problem, to bring to the situation. I wasn't encumbered by any of the uh, maybe uh, emotional issues of the past or relationships or actions or anything in the past. So I felt like I could be pretty objective, and it was clear to me that I wanted to get a group of people together that broadly represented the community and work with them to go drive a bunch of changes. And it seemed like we're on that path. We worked through governance issues. We worked through community issues. We worked through IP issues. And we came up with some really good recommendations on that. So it looked like we're headed down the right path that uh, you know, ultimately has led to a, a foundation 
but it seemed like we're on a good path to all work together to go do that. So when Fedora hit the fork button uh, and then you know, IO you went off, that was a surprise to me. It was a surprise to everybody, I think. So Fedora hit the fork button um, back in December. And the, and from the community's perspective, like there's two sides of this. You got, um, as you mentioned earlier, the the vested interests, the interests of open source, and how these communities prop up and technologies move forward is that you've got company interests, you've got the you know sort of the bare metal uh, level interest, which is the developers moving things along, and some of those developers are sponsored by companies, though they are de- the developers' interest putting them in the place. Um, when you when you see for you know Fedora hit that fork button and IO um, get a lot of I wouldn't I wouldn't I would say right away the biggest thing they started to do was to organize the community and and actually submit some releases to move things forward. They adopted V8 pretty the next release of V8 pretty quickly and various things started to happen. And the reason why they had done that was mainly because of stagnation and with Node being stewarded by Joyent. Um, how was Joint leading Node? Was Node in? Was Node being led by Joint? Was or was Node being um, led by the community? Whenever that fork button was was pushed. So you know, when Ryan started the project, uh, it was run. He ran it as a, a typical BDFL model, and then uh, when he turned over the reins to Isaac. Uh, Schluter, Isaac continued to run that in a BDFL model. Um, and then he left, uh, went over to NPM, and uh, and then uh, TJ took over as the BD. Um, TJ is, so I say, while, while Joint has been running it, it was a fairly typical BDFL model. Uh, TJ really started to relax the constraints around that last summer. And started to really make sure he had buy-in from people of what what people wanted to do, what the different contributors wanted to do. Um, but my, you know, I think at that point, uh, most of the people in the community had uh, determined that it was going to be a BDFL model forever. And I know that was uh, some of the, the frustrations of of the, uh, the, some of the developers who were trying to get changes in and didn't feel like they were uh, getting them in as fast as they wanted it to get in and didn't feel like they, they really had a strong enough voice in the direction of the project. Um, uh, so, um, so, yeah, I think that that's how the project was run. Uh, that was one of the things that we, we started to address immediately with the advisory board. I'd say that was the, the biggest issue that was on the table was how to open up the governance model and the organization model to make it easier to bring uh, more collaborators into the project and uh, to to migrate away from uh, BDFL model and migrate into uh, more of a consensus-driven model. And uh, there was a working group in the advisory board that spent a bunch of time hashing through that and uh, they came up with some really good recommendations, and you know, we've started to adopt them. Those recommendations, you know, that that model, that that's what uh, you know, I/O has gone on to 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 start with, and then iterate on, and and then ultimately, uh, I think if 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 uh, your audience has been following along with what's going on on GitHub uh, with the foundation, we've had a lot of discussions. And iterated around uh, the governance model and the dev policies that we're going to deploy and we're going to use in the foundation. 
and uh, you know that we that's all based on that same the same thread. So, you know, we we came up with some good ideas. Uh, you know, in the advisory board, we uh, then the IO guys, the IO team iterated on them, and now you know that became the the initial basis for what the the foundation is going to use. So, you know, that's that that's been a big push to allow a broader contribution and broader input of the, from the community around uh, you know the direction of the project. So it truly is community driven. That's probably a good place to take a break real quick. We'll uh, take a break, listen to a sponsor. And then when we come back, we'll talk a bit about uh, the deeper parts of Node Foundation and what's happening there as it becomes uh, potential reconciliation with IO joining that. I know there's an invitation out there. So let's break real quick. And when we come back, we'll talk about that. You've heard me talk about TopTal several times in this podcast. And TopTal is by far the best place to work as a freelance software developer. Well, they have this term elite engineer, and that defines the kind of software developer that works at TopTal. I had a chance to sit down and talk to Brendan Beneshot, the co-founder and COO of TopTal, and I asked him, Brendan, what is an elite engineer? Take a listen. An elite engineer for us is somebody who satisfies all the technical requirements um, that you would need in a, a great developer if you're working at like a, like a Google or Facebook. But then at TopTal, you have to add this extra layer on top of it to make sure that people are uh, mature enough and professional enough to be totally self-directed. And so making sure that they take a tremendous amount of uh, pride in their work and that they're accountable and very, very communicative. Because in remote freelancing, that's sometimes just as important as being technically competent. All right. If Brendan got you excited about being an elite engineer at TopTal, head to toptal.com slash developers. That's T-O-P-T-A-L dot com slash developers to learn more and tell them the cheese log sent you. All right, Scott, we're back. Um, so Node Foundation, whose idea was the foundation? Um, so the I started talking to the Linux Foundation last summer. Um, uh, Jim Zemlin reached out to me and we sat down and started talking about what a foundation would look like. Um, I met with the IBM team last summer, I met with some folks from PayPal last summer and, you know, all of them started, uh, really advocating that we consider a foundation. Um, so I spent some time starting to work with, with Jim Zemlin to come up to speed with it, to see what it would look like, to understand the impact on the project, um, and uh, spent a lot of time working through the fall. It was probably last December where I felt comfortable enough with it that I uh, recommended it to uh, to our board of directors, uh, and then started working with the advisory board on a, a you know path to go get that set up. Um, but we looked at a couple different options. It wasn't always a foundation. Um, you know, foundation can be good. It can be bad as well. Uh, I wanted to make sure. I, I personally had some reservations that I had to, I, that I had to get over. Um, it, to me, it was very important that we wind up in a place where it's not a pay-to-play model, where there's uh, where the technical direction of the project is truly driven by 
the people who are using the project and the people who are uh, who are contributing to and developing to the project, developing uh, you know code on the project. So I want to make sure that it was that that technical that the project direction was being driven by the technical direction and the market direction, not by a vendor direction or people who are the the sponsors. So I want to make sure that we could set a model up like that. Um, you know, some some foundations uh, have managed to adhere well to that, and others haven't. So I had to make sure that there was a way for us to do. That um, I also want to make sure that there's a model in place where we could make sure there was not only uh, strong technical independence, but we're 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 really having um, a function that is very close to the market and what the users want to have. So not only technical you know, input, but market input to this. Uh, you know, in most, most software organizations, you have product managers who, who sort of play that role. Um, you know, they understand you know, the use cases and the pain points and the market opportunities, and, and they, they provide a lot of input and guidance around where the product should go. Uh, they work very closely with the engineering team, who's obviously bringing technical you know, innovation to, to play, and that tends to be a good partnership. Um, so I want to make sure that we have uh, th those functions uh, in place in the foundation. That, that I think that's the only way to drive a healthy project. Uh, if you look at um, uh, you, you look at OpenStack. Uh, OpenStack has been very successful getting vendor support. Uh, and there's a lot of contributions around it, uh, but they have really struggled with uh, having a, a a vision and a product management vision around it. I think there have been some blogs. Uh, your Randy Bias has put some blogs out around that. Uh, you know, they've really struggled with with how to make sure they get that singular vision uh, to drive the project forward. Uh, so yeah, that that's very important to me, and I'm sure you know everybody else who's uh, who's really engaged with the project. So it sounds like Joanne's efforts will will be to continue to be a, a, at the forefront of what Node is. Is it at all a desire to step back as the core steward or the you know the stewardship of Node? Is that part of any plan as you move into a foundation effort? Is it something where you know Joint will still play a part and still play a role, of course, but it you're sort of like handing it off to the foundation and and playing a part in the foundation rather than uh, being the core steward as you have been over these last years because Joanne's name has pretty much been synonymous with Node and it's because of the stewardship that you've done. Is that a plan to step back from that as so, part of this? Yeah, no, great question. So, so we love Node. And when a project is early, like Node has been over the last few years, uh, it's it's important to have maybe a tighter rein around uh, how around the project direction and uh, where it's going and how it's going. Um, it's been very important for us as well to make sure that we have stable releases that right. we, cause we're, we're, we're a little different than most open source companies uh, with respect to node. We're not the node company to say we're, we're <laughs> yes. we don't have, we don't sell an enterprise version of Node. We don't build a bunch of tooling around Node that we go sell around Node. You know, we don't have the typical business model that other open source companies do, who, who tend to, you know, be the stewards of projects. Uh, we do provide uh, support services to to companies who also have adopted Node, but we're not in the business of building this tooling or selling enterprise enterprise you know versions uh, of of Node. 
So we have a little bit of a different perspective or a different role. So node is important to us uh, and will continue to be important to us because our products are based on node, our public cloud, right. our object store. That's all, that's all based on node. So it has to be highly performant. It has to be production grade. It has to be low latency. It has to be highly scalable. So that's, ve that's very important to us. And in the early days of the project, you know, with those constraints or those objectives, it was very important for us to maintain sort of tighter control around that so we could ensure that we could run our business on it. Um, but really that was it. And now I think with the success of Node, it has transcended you know, any individual, certainly when Ryan moved off the project, that was proven. Uh, it's transcended any individual and it's clearly transcended, you know, any individual organization or company as well. Um, and so it's, it's really time for the next stage of maturity around the project. And, you know, one of the things that was very obvious to me is there is uh, a very energized community around Node. Uh, the, the customers, the users of Node, the developers, the contributors around Node, the vendors of Node are very, they're very engaged. They feel a very strong sense of ownership and they want to contribute. They want to be engaged. They want to have a say. They want to contribute value back to the project. And so I think you know, this is a really good time in the project's life cycle to now uh, help the project move to another stage of maturity. Um, and let's, let's bring in, let's sort of loosen the reins, if you will, and let the project be really driven by the community and open it up to collaboration and contribution by a much broader set of people in the, in the industry. Um, let, let's, uh, let's, let's make it more community driven where we can have a good balance of, of, uh, you know, great innovation and, uh, high quality, you know, stable releases. And it's uh, the foundation is the best way to go to go do that. So the state of the foundation is it's in place now or is still in formation? So the, the great question. So the foundation is in the formation stages. We, we announced at Node Summit that we were forming a foundation and that we we're going to work with the Linux Foundation to help us go do that. Um, you can either roll your own foundation, you can join an existing one, or you know, in this case of the Linux Foundation, they have a foundation as a service where you know they they know how to run these community driven projects and they know how to work with the community, they know how to to, to run the infrastructure and provide you know financial management and legal advice and your organizational structures and documents. So so they have a lot of expertise and a lot of you know great track record with what they have done with all their projects. So uh, we're working with them. And so a, a group of organizations stood up and said, yeah, let, let's go move this to a foundation. We're in support of it. Let's go do it. So uh, that was in probably February when it Node Summit. And what we announced was it would take several months to go stand the foundation up. And in terms of uh, the legal work, getting the bylaws together, getting the membership agreements together, uh, getting the IP policies in place, uh, and then set up the organizational structure. So you have, you have um, a, a board of directors that works on the business and legal issues. And then you have a technical steering committee uh, that drives the technical direction of the project. And we spent a lot of time, uh, and I can, I can send you the links if you want to you know, post them on your site the, to the uh, GitHub discussions on GitHub, on GitHub, where we have 
uh, you know, iterated through the dev policies, uh, the governance model, and it's it's uh, it's not just us, but it's members from the Node community, members from the I/O community, people who sit in both communities, uh, vendors, your customers, your users uh, who've who've contributed a lot of thinking to this. So it's sort of formalizing that, documenting it, you know, getting input and direction from the community on on how that's going to be run. And so we've been moving down that path. And so uh, you know, all those documents are up for public uh, comment um, and feedback. And the, the goal would be to uh, officially, publicly announce the, the, that the foundation is up and running probably the last week of May or first week of June, I think, is the current time frame. And then we'll hold the first board meeting uh, by the end of June and get everything sort of ratified and uh, the, the different positions voted on and in place. You have to go through a period to, to get that uh, sort of stood up as well. So, so that's the status. And there's been a lot of work by a lot of people uh, to, get, uh, to get all those threads and all those tracks pulled together. You mentioned IO in that mention there, and we've talked about it a bit during the call so far, but I'm curious to know what what your thoughts are on not just the fork itself, but the both the good um, and what you might think the bad might be that came from um, essentially fracturing the community, forking it. There's a lot of good that came from it. I'm curious to know what you think the good has been and what potentially you think uh, the bad has been from this IO fork and where how it's sort of forced Node to change. Uh, so, uh, I, yeah, I think there's there's both, as you say. So the good is um, the, that th- that group of people have done a really phenomenal job of iterating on and running um, a model, a governance model and a contribution model that um, has been pretty innovative and allowed for a lot of new innovation, a lot of new contributions, a lot of new collaborators to come into the project. So they've done a phenomenal job of engaging the community and and driving some pretty interesting innovation. Uh, and you know, I, 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 we'll learn from that. And I think as you if you dive into the dev policies and the governance model that we're going to we're going to use in the foundation, you know, we're we're taking lessons directly from that. So um, we we want to bring that community engagement and uh, the community uh, you know, interaction and leadership positions uh, into the project and the foundation. Uh, so uh, the, that there's a lot of great stuff done there. Um, on the bad side, I think you know what what I've the the feedback that I get from um, you know, a lot of uh, organizations, and I've actually got a blog coming out on this uh, over the next few days. Um, if you look at the the enterprise market, and a lot of people, a lot of different market segments use Node. You see it in IoT. You see it in the robot space. Uh, uh, you, you see it in uh, small organizations. You see it in large enterprises. Um, and the the enterprise users have been pretty vocal in that they want a foundation because they want to de-risk the project. Um, right. And if you're, I was just talking to one of the a big node user yesterday i said you know one of the issues here is if if you personally are betting your career on a technology that you're bringing to your organization to roll out a whole bunch of applications on and potentially be the next platform for your new applications you want to de-risk that you want to make right. sure that it it is de- it's de-risked from uh an individual the 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 imperatives or uh, goals or uh, financial model of any individual company, 
So they don't want to be tied specifically to Joyent. Uh, they also want they also want to make sure that that there's you know no risk around the project itself. They want to make sure that there's um, you know that any strife is gone. They don't like to see infighting. They don't see bickering. They don't like to see dilution of technical resources. This whole fork has been a big boon in it. Then huh? I mean, this fork of Iowa has been. Basically, like, oh, we got to stop this, like, from all, all sorts of angles. It's been it's been frustrating, you know. And they were very the users were very vocal before the fork, and, you know, through the no advisory board meeting, saying, "Yeah, don't fork, <laughs> please. We just make find a way to sort of unite the community, get the community more engaged. But a fork would be terrible." And um, so there's been a lot of a lot of. So I'd say that's that's the fallout is that it. It, de- it, it injects, injects a lot of risk into the project. And if you are in the enterprise segment of the node community, uh, you know, that, that's problematic. And um, what it does from the project's perspective is it makes the project itself risky. And that opens the door for other projects to come in and take its place. You know, who knows what the next cool, you know, server-side JavaScript platform is that somebody's working on right now that, you know, could come to come to bear. It's like when you saw, right. you know, Oracle, you know, Sun buying MySQL, then Oracle buying them, and that created a lot of, you know, angst in the community. And then uh, you had MariaDB fork and go out. You know, that was supposed to be, you know, the savior, but in reality, it just created a lot of angst in the market. And then Postgres came out. So, uh, you know, I think um, you know we need as as looking broadly across all the communities wanted to know, you know, we need to be very uh, cognizant of that and uh, find a way to uh, work together and have, you know, an energized project that is de-risked for, you know, if if we care about the enterprise market, which I think most people do, then we've got to find a way to de-risk it for them and uh, find a way to, to, to innovate and uh, deliver you know, quality, stable production code and engage the community so that they're really driving the project. And that's, that, that's what you know, my, my, my hope is and my goal is in the foundation. So answering the, the good side was that there's a lot of innovation, a lot of progress, a lot of adoption, a lot of um, bringing the community in and, and sort of bolstering the, the progress of the, of the project and organizing their technical committees and, and different things to sort of bring the community better in stewardship if, to use that word because that's where Duin has sort of been sitting for it and that's why the fork happened was sort of to take the stewardship back from um from you to sort of give it back to the community and better drive it with new releases and things and then the bad um has been this confusion that's put in the marketplace the of node the the node marketplace and i guess the fear that some companies might have would you is that fair to sort of summarize what you just said there yeah, sure. So just yesterday, um, kind of coming into some currents, we talked about Node Foundation, where that's at. It's it's still in progress. It's not quite there yet. There's it's probably in the final stages of it. Yep. Considering the um, the the governance working groups, development and convergence policies uh, being ready now. Um, just yesterday, Michael Rogers, who was recently on the show, episode one thirty nine, um, and this was back in January thirty thirtieth, and that show was titled. The rise of IOJS. Just, uh, just uh, put a put a note on there. Um, so he said IO is, you know, in a recent article he just said IO is uh, is growing up and it needs a foundation. He didn't say it needs Node Foundation. So I'm curious to to get some thoughts on your side about that. But some other things he mentioned in this article that he posted on Medium 
we'll put in the show notes. Uh, are you familiar with this article by any chance, Scott? Uh, I, I saw an article about a new release, V2, but I, I didn't see any comments about the foundation. Yeah, this one here is specifically called Growing Up, and it's subtitled IOJS Needs a Foundation. And he's laying out a couple of things. I think he's talking specifically to the IO community, not so much that it doesn't include the Node community because they sort of both sort of converge at some point. But one thing he said is that it's owned by the community, uh, but that requires a legal entity, and it's hard to do things without the formation of a foundation, which I know you're aware of because you've been talking about all this. But uh, And then something else he said was we need, we need to end the split and confusion in the community who are still torn between IO, JS, and Node.js. So you, you see this, this change there, and you got the, the Node Foundation sort of in place, the governance model, uh, the, the working groups, the development, convergence policies are all in place. Uh, is there an open invite to IO? And is it your desire? Is it Joint's desire? Is it Node Foundation's desire to have IO? Obviously, they've been a part of it, but is it is it their desire to have them join? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we do want to have one unified, uh, energized community. Um, when we first started, actually after the fork first happened, I was um, I was at a Node Day event uh, in the Valley here, and uh, Dishaw from NodeSource and I were both on this panel, and uh, that was one of the questions was, you know, will will this fork heal? You know, do both you know groups want to come back together? Is there a path? And I think you know, that was probably the first time that question was asked. And uh, I think you know we both you know I think we both at that time believed that the, the right path is to have uh, a single community working around Node uh, for all the reasons I just articulated a few minutes ago. Um, and so we've been working very closely um, with a lot of people from the IO community on this foundation and making sure that uh, they have uh, you know, a lot of input into it <clears throat> around the dev policies, the governance models, uh, the, the, the org structure. So um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I think we, we, the foundation will be the right vehicle and, and I think it would make a lot of sense to, uh, to, to unite the community and the foundation. Yeah, something else I think that uh, should be mentioned too is just that the, the policies, and this is just pulling some some thoughts right from Michael's uh, article. He said the policies of the foundation, meaning Node Foundation, because he's talking about that in the article, are designed to preserve the progress we've made in IOJS. So that means that, um, and he also goes on to say that uh, they're pretty much taken verbatim to back up what IOJS has sort of built and some things you've credited them for earlier um, to, to sort of you know provide that progress that IOJS is already doing. It's so they seem like they want to as well uh, to, to sort of, you know, reconcile and finally become back to, to, the, to the mothership, so to speak. You know, so what is that process? Like, how does that, how does that change things for you guys? Like, when can we expect this to happen? Do you expect this to happen? Um, I do expect it to happen. Um, but what's, you know, <clears throat> what's going to happen or how, maybe, maybe it's say how, how the next steps are going to unfold is, you know, Michael's comments about the the documentation and the policies uh, around the foundation coming from IO is, as I said, they've done a great job of engaging the community. Uh, they've done it and expanded the role, the number of uh, collaborators and the role of co collaborators and contributors. And they've done a great job around innovating in some, in some new areas. So I love that stuff. That's that's great. And I want to I want to make sure we're you know we're bringing that into the foundation. 
And when we first got together to set up uh, you know, and, and start to define what, what the starting point would be for those policies and, and governance models in the foundation, we, we, Michael just submitted uh, everything that he had been working on, he and the team and the community in Iowa has been working on and iterating on. And th- that was the starting point. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's a, I think, I think that trajectory, well, I'm sure that trajectory will, will continue. Uh, so that was the starting point. And then uh, a lot of people, you know, joined in to iterate and refine and, you know, lessons learned that they had and some other ideas that other people brought to the table. So that was certainly the, the, the starting point. Um, so in the Node Advisory Board, we meet every other week, and we have a big, we have an open public session there. And uh, you know, Mike, Michael has been uh, on; you know, he's been attending the last few advisory board meetings, and we've been talking a lot about you know updates on the foundation, the progress, and um, and then you know what what uh, what the position is of IO and the IO you know community, what they want to do. And I I, I believe, and certainly Mike will be a better source, and uh, but I believe that that. That there have been a lot of discussions around this uh, on in 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 the IO community around whether or not they should uh, come and join the foundation and what that would look like, and there have been some good healthy discussions on that. Uh, and I believe that there's going to be. Are there open discussions on that right now? Like, are there actual open discussions between what is Node Foundation because they're obviously being a part of putting it together uh, in terms of planning and what they've been doing and all, but is there an open conversation about the reconciliation process? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of questions, <clears throat> people not sure what it means and uh, you're having a lot of questions and really trying to get that, that answered. So, you know, that's all up. I think there's a whole, you know, a very long thread that probably Rod Vag started a while <laughs> ago, uh, but it's up on GitHub. Um and so good, good conversations. And I believe that, you know, there was that Michael made a motion to uh, sort of formally discuss it in their TSC and then move towards a, a vote on whether, you know, the TSC wanted to come, wanted to come join the foundation. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm not sure how, you know, the, the rest of the working groups are, are organized or uh, you know, what, you know, how that that broader you know decision would be, or whether you know, I, I I'm not familiar with all the details of that, but it's my my understanding is it's heading toward a vote in their technical steering committee. So since we're also being current with what's going on, I guess as of yesterday with that article I mentioned from Michael titled "Growing Up," um, T.J. Fontaine, uh, some news came out today, I, just a couple hours before this call, actually, uh, that that uh, T.J. Fontaine is stepping away from. From Node, uh, he'd given a lot of congratulations to those who've been involved and sort of painted a picture for what the next chapter of Node is. He talked a lot about, um, you know, how it's a good place, it's a good time for Node, and we mentioned that earlier in the call too with the foundation. And um, even though there's the fork of I/O, there's a lot of progress happening, a lot of good direction, and that this is a really good time um, for Node. What What do you think about TJ stepping away? Were you surprised by this? What else can you can you add to that? Um, yeah, well, TJ will be missed. TJ's TJ has contributed a lot to the project over the last year, year, probably year and a half. Um, 
so his he's technically very strong. Um, you talked about the burnout factor, uh, you know, b- earlier about uh, project leads, and uh, you certainly you you speculated around that w- with Ryan. Uh, you uh, when when Ryan moved off the project, then Isaac moved on. He was on the project for about a year and a half or, or so, and so and then you know TJ following him. So. It, that that position is a pretty challenging position, um, yeah. and its role is changing. Uh, so as we move into the foundation, there is no BD. The, the technical steering committee is uh, is is a, a group of uh, of developers and contributors and collaborators who uh, will be driving the technical direction uh, based on a consensus a consensus model. So, um, you know, there's, there's no longer, you know, that, that role going forward. So, um, we'll definitely miss TJ's technical contributions. Uh, but you know, the project's changing and the project is, uh, maturing to the next uh, stage of its growth. And if there, not that there ever is a good time for anybody to, to leave the project, but if there is one that's better than others, this is actually a you know, pretty good time for TJ to move on and, um, uh, you know, as we're really you know, changing the way the, the, the whole project runs and moving to a foundation. I guess really the, the future of Node.js is really pinning around, I would think, the, the convergence, the reconciliation uh, of these two, the, the fork and, and you know, mainline, so to speak. Um, although there's been some progress on the fork uh, ahead of the mainline, which would be considered Node, um, what do you think... What do you think Node would gain from the reconciliation process? What do you think it would gain from I/O and and Node reconciling? And how could that? Um, I guess how could that reinstate some trust and reinstate some security back into the marketplace of of what is Node? Yeah, great question. So I I, I think it would be a big a big win for everybody. Uh, you know, from the macro level, certainly you want to have a healthy project. Uh, so you want to have. A very uh, satisfied and successful you know, user base. You want to have uh, a vibrant uh, community eco- of ecosystem partners who are building you know, tools and services that, that surround the project. Then you want to have an energized, you know, large energized group of uh, developers and contributors who are who are writing the code and contributing to the project. Um, so, from the user perspective, the users want to have. Uh, they want to de-risk the project. They want to have a single project. They want to get the confusion out of the way. Uh, they want to have a single community working together, sort of pulling the oars in the same direction. Um, the vendors uh, certainly want to have stability. It's much easier for them to support you know, a single project than multiple and not have to be in a position of, of um Trying to explain and help position your know, different forks in the in the community to, to their customer base and, and accommodate those. And then from the contributor side, it would be a, a big uh, a big win to have a single you know, energized group of people uh, working together to drive Node in, in the in the future for the future direction. So I I, I think it's a big win uh, all around to have a a single combined project. You know, as I said to somebody uh, when we when this topic first came up around the fork last fall or fork potential forks, there's been discussions of forks for several years now. Um, I said I'd I'd rather have a slice of watermelon than a whole grape, 
right? Let, let's, if, if we can work together across all constituents in the community, then we can, we can really accelerate the adoption of Node. We can drive it forward. We can innovate. We can go and we can serve multiple market segments. Um, we, we can do great things for the project. And we're barely scratching the surface around a lot of the market segments where Node has a lot of success today. So uh, I, I think we can build a really big market and uh, a real broad adoption across a lot of different segments. And uh, that, that kind of success is... Uh, will will make uh, it will be very gratifying for everybody, and that that's really what I'm after. Let's take a break real quick. Uh, we'll come back for a couple more uh, final thoughts as we taper off. But uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. Digital Ocean opened up a brand new European region in Frankfurt, in Germany. FRA one. So when you're creating new droplets, if you need support for European locations, FRA one is now opened up to you. They announced the new German region about five months ago, and after about a month of build-out, they're finally excited to open up FRA1 so you can use it today. And due to its placement on the German Commercial Internet Exchange, which is the largest internet exchange point worldwide by peak traffic, this region also serves Germany's neighboring countries with unparalleled connectivity and speed. And like other European locations, this German region meets the safe harbor regulations needed for storing data. The story of the German startup community is tremendous and DigitalOcean is as excited as they can be to be playing a part in launching this new region uh, to support the innovation happening in Germany. So if you can, try our server today in FRA1. Use the code CHANGELOG when you sign up to get a $10 hosting credit. Again, go to DigitalOcean.com, use CHANGELOG when you sign up, and you'll get a $10 hosting credit. Enjoy. All right, Scott, we're, we're back. Talked a lot about the future, the past, reconciliation, uh, putting some faith back into the community, both from those companies who would invest by building their applications on top of Node, um, the foundation, obviously. What does it take to run a foundation successfully? You said you talked to Linux Foundation about putting this together. You know, aside of just organizing it, running it like these things cost money so how and you said there's no pay-to-play model how how will node function as a foundation where does the money come from how does that work out and, and what part does joint play in that right so so the there are two organizations there's the board of directors and then there's the uh the technical steering committee and the board of directors is responsible for the legal aspects the financial aspects uh, so those are paid seats right pardon me board of directors board of directors are paid seats the, uh, not all of them are paid seats. So uh, you you it, you can join the foundation. You can become a member of the foundation. Either you can be an, an individual community member who can join the foundation. Um, you can also join at various funding levels. So we have a platinum, silver, and gold level. Uh, if you're a platinum level member, then you, with your annual sponsorship of the foundation, you automatically get a seat on the board. Uh, with the silver members, the silver membership as a as a group gets together and elects 
members, uh, board members from the silver membership, and one, you know, a third of the silver members will be uh, elected on the board. And the gold level, uh, you know, the same thing, they get together and vote as a group, and one, they're a tenth of the gold members will have a seat on the board. Um, also on the board of directors will be a representative from the technical steering committee. Um, we're also, it just, we're just discussing now, um, Love to get some feedback on it of of having it potentially having a seat on the board for uh, a a general community member. So uh, you know, we want to make sure that we we you know, engage the community at this level too. Um, might not be the most interesting things to talk about, uh, and we're certainly not talking about the technology or you know latest releases or roadmaps. So that might not be interesting to a lot of people, but it's more of a uh, you know o overall uh, sort of business and financial and legal management side of, of the foundation. So the funding comes in from people who join at various paid levels, and you know based on what level you're in, that then you are either voted on you're, you're voted on to the board of directors. Um, and then that funding is used to then fund the, the project. And uh, that funding has a lot of value to the technical team and to the, to the, the project in the whole. So that's used to fund uh, the website hosting. It's used to fund uh, technical you know, uh, education, training, skill development. It's used to fund um, paid work that needs to be done to build out uh, even more rigorous test harnesses, uh, build out API testing and API management, additional platform testing, and all the all the infrastructure that's required to go do that has to get paid for. Um, so that, that gets funded for that. Um, uh, that the, we'll also be organizing you know, the, the trade shows. If you look around, your know, Linux Foundation is a trade show. Um, you see uh, other foundations like uh, you know, uh, OpenStack, and the Cloud Foundry and your other projects like that have, have their 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 big uh, you know their big uh, meetups as well. So we'll we'll be doing those as well. So that that's uh, we'll also fund um, at least one full time technical person. Uh, to go, you know, sit independently on on the technical team or, or full time, you know, write write code for the project. Um, often you find there's um, Work on the project that's being done. Uh, people come in and they, they the the contributors collaborators have in mind something specific that they want to do, uh, and they go build that and submit that as a pull request or go put that in the in the project. Uh, there's there's other work that uh, you know just needs to be done and needs to be funded that may not be sponsored by you know individual customers or users or members of the community. So you know we want to make sure that the that the broader community by contributing to the foundation can then. And go fund uh, some full-time developers uh, to go build out you know, additional work that needs to be done on the project as well. Well, great. I, uh, I'm certainly looking forward to, to the future of it. I, I'm looking forward to the day when IO and Node actually reconcile. I know that uh, some of the ways you mentioned funding will be used there is some actual um, you know, pain points that Mike was mentioned, either in articles or in passing, um, you know, Michael Rogers being the person that's sort of helping lead most of what uh, IO is doing, not so much the leader of it all, but he's been sort of the, the main spokesperson to sort of give an update back to the community and sort of helping lead things. So one thing he's mentioned, um, I think in that article actually in growing up was the fact that they can't spend any money to, you know, send a developer to a conference and represent IO or, you know, do any advertising. And that's sort of things that requires an, an organization and, 
he's talked about how um, IO needs a home and there's the neutral organization that can support it uh, is the Node Foundation and how that can sort of play back. So I can see how obviously having money coming into it is going to pay people to be there, legal fees, things like that, hosting, and then also just in general, uh, you know, marketing. You know, everybody needs marketing. I mean, there's there's yeah. always some some level of cost that come into play, and until you have an actual organization to to fund these things, it's you can't do it, right? That's right. Marketing, community no, development, uh, training, trade shows, uh, technical meetups. You you, yes. you want to have uh, even stickers. Stickers. Right? You can't even, <laughs> I mean, something T-shirts. simple like stickers you can't get. Yeah. Well, uh, Scott, I guess in closing, let's let's taper off the call. I think it, we've definitely covered it as much as I want to cover. But is there anybody um, that you want to personally thank for? The work done at I.O., the work done at Node, wherever, in the foundation, things that are uh, uh, taking place. Is there anyone you want to call out that we haven't mentioned today that definitely needs a pat on the back or some encouragement that they're doing a great job? Anybody you want to highlight? Uh, boy, there's a long list. Um, I, I think that the folks who uh, – the team that is continuing to, to move Node.js forward are doing a phenomenal job. Um, the, it, it's great to see, you know, the innovation around everything from technology to governance models over at IO. And there, there are a lot of people who've been involved there, uh, as, as we've been moving towards the foundation, it's been very helpful to get, you know, the Linux foundation engaged, uh, you know, IBM has been very helpful. Uh, Denise Cooper, who's over at PayPal has been helpful. She, she's, she spans uh, you know, a lot of projects over a lot of time, so she's been you know, a great source to help, uh, you know, to help bounce ideas off and provide perspective. You know, that's that of how other projects have uh, have evolved over the years. So uh, th- there's a long list of people, but uh, I think the community is moving in the right direction, um, and uh, I'm excited to see uh, how the next uh, couple of years uh, really grow for Node. And so for those who want to sort of, I know you mentioned there's topics on GitHub, there's comments on GitHub. Where is the central place we can send some people to um, to sort of keep up to date with what's happening? Is it Node.js.com or, you know, where is it? .org, isn't it? So, yeah, so it's Node.js.org. Uh, yeah, my bad on that one. There is, we're putting up another page on Node.js.org that should be coming up online I saw, I've seen drafts of it coming together, and that will be kind of a one-stop shop, a one-stop location for updates on the foundation, and there are links there from there to blogs, to the dev policies, to all the the um, governance models, to all the foundation documents we've been iterating on. Um, so I would point people to that, and that will be right on the nodejs.org uh, website. Uh, there's also a website called uh, no, the uh, Node Advisory Board um, that uh, Chris Williams uh, put together, and that has all the updates on the advisory board. It has uh, the the schedule for upcoming meetings and how to join in and how to engage. Uh, the Slack channel. It has uh, a compilation of all of the notes uh, from all of the the prior Node Advisory Board meetings, and there's there's a wealth of information there. Um, and then, as I said, you know, the ongoing conversations, uh, you know, so really I, 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 I invite everybody to come in and, you know, view and participate and express your opinion and, you know, be heard and, and then engage and act uh, on, on the future. 
Well, all right, Scott. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk with me through this. I know that uh, the last several years um, have been a roller coaster, especially this last six months uh, with Node. And we've been closely watching things uh, here at the Changelog to, to keep up with what's going on there. Uh, certainly looking forward to the future. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. And I guess now's a good time to say goodbye. So let's say goodbye. Great. All right. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. No problem, Scott. Thank you. Right, as promised, I got Scott back on the line. You know, I was kind of bummed because we did the show last Friday. So the record date for the show was May 8th. And the planned release date was May 15th. We usually have a week-to-week schedule for the show. And I was kind of bummed when yesterday, you know, when yesterday occurred. So May 13th, yesterday, we're recording this right now on May 14th. Um, I was kind of bummed, happy, you know, for the news. But I was like, man, I... We speculated so much in that conversation with Scott that I was like, we may not be able to release that episode. It, it may just be obsolete or stale, but having edited it and having listened to it, it's a great show. Uh, a lot of details in there shared about Joyent and Node and Node's history and IO and IO's history and this convergence that's speculative. Uh, and now, as of yesterday, is is going to happen. So IO has agreed and in their TC meeting, they've agreed to join node foundation and so take a listen this is me and scott diving deep into that news from yesterday and that's it's just great so take a listen so scott we're back uh those who are listening to us right now just listen to roughly an hour of me and you talking about joint io node the history and a lot of speculation about some recent news whether io would converge with uh, with Node.js and ultimately join Node Foundation. So what do you think about the news we just got yesterday? Well, I think it's great news. Um, you know, they, it, we spent a lot of time working on the foundation, and uh, I, I think the foundation has been the vehicle, and probably the best, maybe the only vehicle, for providing the neutrality and providing you know, the open governance policies and sort of a neutral ground to get the communities working together again. Um, I think one of the things I I said earlier is I, I've been very focused on doing the right thing for Node, and uh, even if that means that you know, Joint as a company has to compromise on some things around uh, you know, how the project was run, um, it's a, a small compromise that we have to make in order to you know to benefit the greater community and the project in the whole. You know, the project is is really transcended any one company and any one individual. And um, it's a very uh, energized, very passionate uh, community out there. And it, it's split into two. And uh, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to get the foundation together was to establish a vehicle to uh, give uh, probably the best option and the best path to, to having a single community uh, working together on a single project. And... Um, and I think the vote yesterday from the IO community showed that they, you know, they they see uh, sort of similar pers- similar perspective. Um, you know, Michael and uh, Bert and you know the rest of the, the the folks who are really helping to work on the foundation and then help evangelize that 
and explained the value and the benefits to the IO community. They, they did a great job uh, communicating with that group and uh, you know, lo lo lots of notes and lots of issues, lots of conversations on GitHub going through you know, a lot of details to help uh, explain that to everybody. And I, I think they did a great job of that. And now sort of, you know, er, I'd say an early win for the foundation in, in validating that the foundation is the right thing to go do. And uh, so I'm, I, I think it's a, a good news. It's a, a good vote, a good outcome. And we're, we're now, you know, we're now moving forward on the, on the right path. And for those listening, just to establish some timelines here, we originally recorded the call that they just listened to on May 8th. We have a week-to-week -week schedule when we release episodes. So we were planning releasing this on May 15th. And May 13th comes around and, you know, good news, of course, but uh, you and I weren't quite sure when it would happen. Uh, maybe you had a bit more information than I did, but nonetheless, uh, today is May 14th. And so just to kind of establish some timeline there for people to kind of catch up with um, back and forth there. But so yesterday, May 13th, uh, the IOGS TC voted to join Node Foundation. And I think... Um, some questions that probably come up initially, and maybe you have some answers to these and maybe you don't, but uh, what does it mean for IOJS? Does it mean that they'll join and operate under Node Foundation as Node.js and sort of begin this convergence process? I know there's uh, a convergence repo, the two individual repos now, and there's lots of conversation happening there, but what ultimately is happening right now as of, as of this vote to join Node Foundation? So, uh, you know, great questions. Uh, funny, we, we had an, an all-hands meeting inside Joint this morning, and those exact questions came up. Uh, I say, well, you know, so, some of them we have answers to, and some of them we're, we will we'll all work together to figure out the right answer to and then go execute on them. Uh, but from a high level, you know, the idea is that the foundation is set up so that we have one community. We have a unified project uh, that's here to help establish the neutrality uh, establish the openness, really broader engagement with the community, uh, great neutrality for, for vendors. We, it's very important we have a healthy ecosystem of vendors to provide additional tools and technologies and services around Node to accelerate its adoption and increase the value of it. And then you know, real good um, uh, sort of de-risking of the project for the users who want you know, a re who really do want a single project um, and want to be able to have a, a trusted foundation that they can turn to to help uh, you know, find the right outcomes for all the different members of the community. Yeah. Um, and so I think as we move forward, what you know, we, we do have a community that's working together now under the Node.js Foundation. And, um, and so we'll all be working together under that, uh, under that umbrella. Um, and then as we move forward, then the technical details that everybody's working through is I think we have a pretty good handle now on the development policies and the governance models and all that's get, still open for public comment. A lot of good work and you know, comments have come in under that, but always looking for more. Um, and then, you know, then it's getting in, getting down to the, you know, what do we do with the code base and the code bases and, uh, you know, we're still working through a lot of that, but we want to want to make sure that we come up with the right outcome that that uh, really benefits the 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 users of this. That they they get they get uh, you know healthy innovation, and they get uh, they can get access to the latest and greatest. But also, you know, certainly heard loud and clear from the enterprise customers that they want a slower release cadence. They want you know, let's say a six to nine month release cadence. 
uh, sort of faster than what we've seen over the last few years, but uh, they want something maybe once a year or six to nine months. They want a new release. They want a, they want a publicized uh, LTS policy. They want you know, good visibility around uh, testing and API compatibility and backwards compatibility and EOL. So um, we are uh, hashing through all of that now and absolutely want input on those issues. So we, we capture your know, user requirements and and uh, you know customer and user issues into that. Uh, so I'd say uh, there's we've done a lot of work, but there's still a lot of work ahead of us. And you know, now we have an opportunity to work together uh, to to get the details right. And uh, it, it's going to take a while to work through those, but um, uh, I'm I'm optimistic we're on the right path to get them solved now. We have a developer centric audience that listens to this show quite a bit. So at least one of the questions I have in the questions we tend to have tend to be the questions of the community. Uh, not all of them, but some of them. Um, right now, Node lives at joint slash Node on GitHub, and IO lives at IOJS slash IO.js. Well, will Node ultimately, since it's now Node Foundation, will it move from under Joyent to its own organization in terms of, are you, are you privy to that information, or is this too early to tell that kind of information? No, that uh, that's moving out from under... Uh, joint node, and that's going to be the 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 Node JS Foundation. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're I, I think there's already a repo set up for that, and we'll be you know moving stuff over there. Uh, I've seen one from uh, stood up. from I think it was uh, is it Jason Snell? Is that is that the fellow's name? I can like there's so many names. James. James. Yeah, James, James Snell. Snell. Yeah, yeah. There's a Jason out there, I'm sure, but uh, James Snell. Sorry about that, James. Um, yeah, James has a fork right now. It's the convergence repo. I think they're sort of testing whether or not they're going to do a Git rebase or do a straight up merge and do cherry picking back and forth uh, to sort of bring the repos together. So, so behind the scenes, code wise, there's some things happening that uh, that I'm curious about. And so I see that, but I haven't seen an organization on GitHub emerge yet that I'm aware of. So I wondered if you if you knew about that. But well, the the, the foundation hasn't been technically stood up yet um but you know it it will be i think we'll announce that as i said before sometime end of may early june uh when it's officially formed uh and come comes to stand up as an official legal entity uh and and so uh you know we'll, we'll see we'll see those repos come together and this stuff uh yeah, as we work through that timeline. So what we can expect now is essentially a unified front when it comes to Node. Uh, the I.O. name may or may not uh, be to, akin to MERB as it is to Rails for those who followed that uh, saga probably five years ago, just before Rails 3 came out. Um, you know, in our call before this that everyone just listened to, um, you and I speculated when it might have happened, you know, when this, this, uh, this, joining of the node foundation might or might not happen. Uh, and as I said, you probably have a bit more information that you can't maybe share, um, you know, during the previous call, but was this a surprise to you? Were you expecting this to happen sometime soon? Uh, I know I was pretty surprised that, uh, that it happened. I mean, obviously we're back on this call again and I don't want to release the episode until you had this conversation. So I wanted to make sure that, uh, that the community that listens to the change log understood that, uh, you know, we like to stay fresh and new. So we had to get you back on the call, Scott. Yeah, this is about as fresh as it happens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the ink is dry on that announcement, but you know, usually you make your predictions in January and you don't know 
you know, you cut, you're back on the show the following January. You get a year to see how things play right. out. But in this case, things things are moving pretty fast. We talked last Friday. Today yeah. is Thursday, so uh, we've, we've had six days. A lot has happened, and I, you know, I don't recall exactly what the prediction was, but uh, I, I, you know, at that point, you know, my expectation was that it was going to be sometime over the next two weeks that um, that there was going to be a vote in the IOTSC. Uh, to see where people sat on this topic and what they wanted to do. And um, so uh, it looks like uh, it happened in the very early part of that time frame. So I was expecting it probably more likely to be next week than this week. Um, But it looks like uh, they uh, they went through the vote uh, next week. In fact, uh, I think I told you is when I got your note today, I was in the middle of editing a blog post that was supposed to go out tomorrow about uh, why uh, the foundation makes a lot of sense for you know the IO community and for the uh, to help uh, solve some of the issues that that we've seen over the last couple of years in the Node.js community and the way the project was run and um, I, I'm busy editing it <laughs> so we'll <laughs> we'll see what how that turns out for my blog post tomorrow. Uh, well, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to come back and and uh, just play a little catch up here. I know that uh, um, your opinion matters, so I wanted to make sure that uh, you know it, it's just proof how fast open source moves. You know, our tagline around here is "Open source moves fast, keep up," and uh, it just proves how fast it moves. Because six days ago, this news we had was just stale, so I was concerned that that our show just would be obsolete, but it wasn't. Went back and listened to it during the edit process and. It's a great show, so I really enjoyed uh, going back and taking a deeper listen to some of the things that you had to share about Joint's history and the history with Node and just how much is involved here. And I think people can't quite grasp that. And even sometimes uh, Joint takes a, a black eye sometimes because of the history of of Node. Not so much, maybe not a black eye, maybe a maybe a little punch here and there, you know, something like that. That that you kind of get the bad name, but really all this while you've been supporting Node and, and the community and just wanting the best that Node could be. Yeah, you know, it's hard to please everybody, and we definitely took some body blows. Uh, and there, there was a lot of frustration in the community. They release, the, their frequency of releases really slowed down. Um, you know, there were a lot of people in the community who wanted to participate uh, more than they were. And it, there was a pretty rigorous, uh, it was pretty hard to get onto the core team. There were a lot of you know, pull requests that um, you know, weren't getting the responses that some some people wanted to get and weren't getting responded to yeah. as quickly as people wanted. So, so you know, there was definitely some criticism coming joint's way. Um, and, but yeah, I don't know, you can't, you, you cannot please everybody. But as I said earlier, I, I you know, I've only been a joint now for about nine months and i really want to do the right thing for node and um this this i i've believed since i first started working with our board of directors last october november time frame to uh convince them that this was the right thing to go do um that it really it, it was the right thing for the project and it's right. truly transcended joint and um I think this is the right thing, and I think we're starting to see that play out. I, I think the vote yesterday to uh, have the IO TSC uh, vote to to work with the Node Foundation 
uh, is an er, I call I call it an early win for for the foundation and the 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 you know the the motivations behind it to you know re, to to rally the community together and seek that common ground. So uh, I'm 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 happy. That's it's great uh, validation that the strategy is uh, is playing out and getting some early wins for for the overall project. You can definitely see that the the future is getting more straight and more narrow for Node and a lot more clear and a lot more accessible to those who felt uh, like outsiders definitely having the governance and all the things we've talked about in place. But uh, thank you so much, Scott, for taking the time to come back and, and have this quick chat. So let's let's end here and let's everybody, uh, uh, I don't know, this may have been roughly an hour and 25 minutes. So thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll say goodbye. Thanks a lot, Adam. Take care.